0: On this episode, it's a ripe one as we are fat podding this growler all the way to Bean Town. We're talking scavuvie and the Epitones on Checkered Past, the Scodcast.
1: Oh, hey, oh,
0: up up checkerheads, welcome to Checkered Pass, the Scottcast with Slyn and Rob, the show where uh, Tub Skankin, a.k.a. I Get Knocked Down and I Get Picked Up Again, explore the history and impact of a different band each episode, and I hope to bring in new fans along the way. I'm Rob and this is my co-host with the most toast, Joey. With the most toast? Yeah, started saying that recently and it's fun to say. That
1: is fun to say. <laughs>
0: Uh Celine is MIA today. Uh that's okay. She's coming in to do another episode later today, so uh in the meantime, we got engineer Joey.
1: I'm here. What uh <laughs> it was just tub thumping.
0: Yeah, and this is a yeah, I did tub thumping twice. Uh <laughs> but this is a preview, we'll say, for the game later. Okay. Uh, so I did the game first and then did the intro thing second So uh, it has literally nothing to do with the band that we're talking about Or the band we're interviewing today no, You're really
1: Quentin Tarantino <laughs> over there squishing the timeline up
0: That's right uh, So if anybody likes foreshadowing or Chekhov's guns This is one of those situations Fun. Uh, do we want to pick it up where we left off? Sure
1: can
2: Pick it up, pick it up
1: Maybe MIA, but she's still here
0: in her hearts. Joy, I hear your ribs are fucked.
1: Yeah. So uh <laughs> listeners may know that we went on a pub crawl early in the a month ago, about three That's five five
0: weeks. Early seven weeks ago. Yeah. Uh,
1: and I fell off an electric scooter and I thought that I bruised my ribs. But I have been sore, very sore, since then. And I just got a like proper compression thingy with a big velcro thing that goes around my ribs and uh it's making me feel a lot better so i think i am more injured than i thought but being in alberta our health care is garbage right now yeah uh because our government is garbage and has been for nearly a hundred years and uh yeah there's no point in me going to the doctor walking
0: so. clinic, <laughs> yep,
1: walk-in uh, clinic
0: four hour wait that's what walking clinic four hour wait and
1: i know my rib is not poking into a lung or i'd already be <laughs> dead by now so no point in going
0: uh, get so unlike rancid uh we are very destructible right it's like so I've,
1: destructible
0: i've noticed that more recently.
1: destructible by the day
0: i uh the other day um i stepped off the my back porch Mm. And I twisted my ankle slightly, and it has never uh, gotten better. (laughs) And And then that was the moment I felt old.
1: And we are, what, three, four weeks away from icy snowy ground still, probably? So that was even before that. So Yes. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I rolled my ankle already, uh, even before it gets icy. Sick. We're off to a good start this winter, y'all. I watched uh, the band Apollo Suns yesterday. That was what's new with me.
1: In live action? In yes. real
0: life? They were unreal. One of them, like my favorite live shows I've ever seen. Saw it at the Aviary. Uh, you know, a good enough venue here in Edmonton. Uh, but yeah, they are from Winnipeg. And they're like a jazz funk situation. Mm-hmm. But like everything is ultra high energy. Like just like always going. Like everybody. It's like not smart guy jazz music it's like dumb people jazz sick like too many zoos kind of a thing yeah yeah, yeah. uh and it's like and they all like coordinate their moves on stage like they all kind of like have like coordinated dances
1: big fan of a coordinated dance
0: yeah Love and it. honestly like probably like one of the best horn sections and the whole time i was thinking man if they just busted out like one sick ska track <laughs> it would like totally make my day because it was completely possible Yeah, yeah. The drummer had a pork pie, man. Like, I'm just like waiting for it to happen. Did a
1: bunch of them play with Ben in the past?
0: Yes. Ben, past past guest, friend from Mini Vandal. They all played together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Prairie Prairie Boys.
1: Prairie Boys.
0: Yeah, it's cool. Hollow Suns. Everyone, check it out. You should, next time they're in town, I'm going to drag you along because it was like an incredible live performance. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm excited. Check it out. I, I, I like, I'm a fan of that, like, kind of in between, like, like jazz funk for dumb folks as you yeah. would, you know yeah, like yeah. where it's just like it doesn't have you don't have to go to like a jazz club we, we went yeah. a few years ago we went to a kind of a the Edmonton Jazz Society's tribute to ska
0: yeah thing. yeah I remember that and
1: it was very much like jazz cats playing ska music for smart jazz people
0: yeah a lot of scarves yeah, yeah. and it,
1: and it was cool and it was very good but like there's something about like bands that are like way more educated than their audience playing a bunch of music <laughs> that might go over some of the audience's head but playing it in such a way that everyone can get it and have fun
0: you know there is also something about like um watching a ska show sitting down that yeah. was a weird experience it was for me. a little weird <laughs> i don't know if i liked that because like the yard bird is all like for sitting and you know scratching your chin jazz club yeah, yeah. and then Putting having a little, little beret
1: on and then pinch your little teensy tiny pointy Souls. i I don't
0: i don't know what that's like (laughs) 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 all right let's do this we are absolutely thrilled to introduce our guest she is a multi-instrumentalist for the new northeast ska punk band sergeant Skag, whose new album at least more than halfway dead is streaming everywhere right now through ska punk international carmella is here hello friend
2: hello you you kind of referenced our album title without even getting there yet when you Talked about your injuries today and you know, higher and like you <laughs> are leading into this already. Yep,
0: yeah, that's right. This is a very professional. We definitely think about these things. <laughs> very planned. Very yeah, planned.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Very organized. I like this.
0: Uh have you ever had some experiences at jazz clubs like we have? Like how do you feel about going out to uh to well, like a place we sit down to watch music?
2: So I was thinking of two things when you were talking about that. First is uh, Fishbone comes around often. They they play in Fairfield, which is uh, a little closer to New York City for us, but it's still Connecticut. And they play sometimes at this small kind of black boxy theater, and you sit down, like you Fishbone? can't sit down and watch Fishbone, like you can't. Like it doesn't. <laughs> it those two things don't make sense. So I, I had that thought when you were talking about your Sky Jazz thing. Um, but there, there also is there's like a whole society of like these super smart jazz folks in right in New Haven County that play, and it's always a sit down thing. But it, yeah, like I don't go to those because I, as much as I know about music, like I feel like an absolute idiot sitting there. I'm like, why are they doing that? Why can't you just play? Can you go back to the melody you played first? You don't have to play 26 melodies in two and a half minutes. I swear to you, like it's okay.
0: So. <laughs> I did reference it's watching Too Many Zoos, it. but they're like probably, they always play a, a punk bar when they come through. They play at Starlight. And uh, it's like a freaking rave when they play. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with the band. They're, they're from New York. It's like a saxophone. Okay. I've
2: heard of the name, but yeah. I've not seen them before.
0: Leo P., he plays the baritone saxophone. And then there's a guy who plays oh. a trumpet. And then there's a the guy who has like a marching band drum kit that he yes. just like plays. yes. Uh so just the three of them. And it's all like, yeah, basically EDM music played with jazz instruments. And uh there's like no, as Celine would say, there was no dry toe in the house. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wet toe function. <laughs> <laughs> uh so first question that we ask our guest, what is okay. your history with ska music, your checkered past, okay. if you will?
2: All right, so I'm very fortunate to grow up in New Haven County and we had this Kind of mid-sized nightclub. I want to say it's supposed to probably hold about three hundred people. It's called the Tune In, and it was down on Center Street in New Haven. And the club owner was this gentleman Fernando, and I—I I don't know, like the ska scene must have just been started because it was the early to mid '90s, and he like he just locked in and was like, if I do a ska show every week, or or at least if not every week, like every other week, like the kids are going to come out because they were all ages shows. He didn't have a bar when he first opened and so he would just pack the house and he would it was like literally eight dollars to get into every show regardless of who was playing and so um that's where we would go and i am fortunate to have an older brother who also was into you know music stuff and was in a band or if you ever heard of jc super ska if that name has ever crossed your path
1: (laughs) it has indeed may have even been may may have come up on this podcast yeah twice
2: (laughs) ah okay so he played trumpet in the band and so I was old enough to like go, just because my brother would be there, because I was only I think a freshman in high school when things started going on, you know. And so uh, I would go, and I just got locked in. It was just like, uh, as an instrumentalist already, just loving all the horns and like everybody dancing. And so that was our spot, because I was at least I could go to New Haven and come back. And but then it, it literally just it started to ripple. Like Rhode Island was starting to having shows, and like there were places in um, New York, like Poughkeepsie and Porchester that would have at least one show a month and like bigger bands. And then all of a sudden like the Boston's show up and you know, like bands like Spring Hill Jack who are also from Connecticut, they would play maybe bi-monthly or every three months, and you could go see them. So we were constantly going to shows. Constantly. And then there would be punk nights, there would be hardcore, but ska was definitely the thing that drew me in. And I loved like the dancing, the camaraderie between people, um, and just seeing bands from all over that would that would happen to, you know, come to Little New Haven, Connecticut, because we had a club that would, you know, host a ska band. It was great.
0: And then, so, how did that segue into you uh, joining a band?
2: Ah, so, by the time I think I was like a junior or senior, there was a bunch of us who were always going to shows. And we're like, why don't we just start our own band? And so, we started playing... Uh, we were called the step backs. We never did much as a band. We made a cassette tape that we recorded in my my parents' basement at one point sick um it was great, yeah, I still have it somewhere we made We made little stickers like clear stickers for lighters that's what like our our merch table was stickers t shirts cassette tapes, and lighters. hell uh, for yeah whatever reason Big it was fan. great. I have a lighter left somewhere that's it's Empty, but it's still, you know, still <laughs> Um, Because, you know, sentimental value, like, we made these, you have to hold on to them. But we, uh, we would play with Sergeant Scagnetti. How funny. And so we would follow them wherever they went because we just like, like if we weren't on a show with them, we would go see them play. A bunch of my friends were like so into Skagnetti. so I would hop along for the ride and whatever. Um, and so they were a thing. But I was not in Skagdetti. I was just a fan, a super fan, I guess maybe. And then, Scott kind of like well, Skagdetti fizzled in the late 90s. Right. Um, They decided to go other ways, and I became a, a part of what was some of Skagdetti, which was Dave, the drummer, Steve, the singer, and Danny, who's the original guitar player. And they were going a totally different route. They wanted to play trip hop music, and I happened to play upright bass. And they were like, do you, you know, want to do this thing? And I was in college. I was like, sure, I'll drive from Massachusetts once a week. I'll play some trip hop. It sounds great. And that's how I became really close with all of them. Um, and then it wasn't until like 2012-ish that they were like, we should reunite. Let's do a reunion. Carm, you should be in the band. like, I, I don't know. I, I'm just a fan. But at that point, I was now married to Dave. So Dave, our drummer, is my husband, too. So they were like, well, you have to be in the band now. (laughs) It was just, it wasn't really a choice, but it was like the right thing to do. And it's been extremely fun and challenging uh, since that we did the reunion. And then it's like, do you want to try some shows? Okay, well, let's go play Supernova, see what happens, you know. And then here we are, like however many years later, and we just made a new album. It's it's really fun.
0: So, so let's talk about that new album, like, how does it differ from, say, the, quote, classic Skag sound from the 90s? And what did you think going into it? Like, what was the plan of action?
2: I think uh, there was definitely a fire under us to, like, just when, even when we started out, it was like, yeah, you play all these old songs. And, like, so people like me who weren't originally in the band, we had to learn all these things and, like, figure them out. I played alto sax when I started um, in the band. And it was just like, let's play what people like. Let's pick the best songs. The ones everybody liked, let's play all those. But then there was also definitely a desire to like, well, we're a new version of Skagnetti. So why don't we try to write some new material? And I want to say we had only written like three or four things, but they were just like, we'll just, you know, it wasn't full length album was not in our brain. Um, and then there's this band Disposable. They're from like, I want to say the New York area and I feel like the guys from Disposable and Steve our singer had like this back and forth like well we're going to write some more songs yeah, you should guys should write some more songs yeah we're going to write some more songs like encouraging both right. on both ends like we should do this how many can we get under our belt and um and COVID actually gave us an opportunity to just listen and take some time and like we're all home writing in different places and like, sending each other music do you like this idea you know and when we were finally actually able to be in a room together again, it was like this is magic. Like, okay, we got to keep this going. And Steve had tons of ideas for content. Uh, our our guitar player Alex was like, well, I've got this idea and this idea. It was all of a sudden, it was just like they were just stacking. You know, somebody would bring a guitar line to practice, and then one of the horn players was like, what about this? You know, boom. All right, we got this. The, this whole section down. This build. So it started to actually. I feel like built pretty naturally, but like with some energy and excitement behind it. Like, we're going to do this. We're going to make, we're going to make enough songs. We're going to make an album. Like, let's do it.
0: Yeah. It's uh and it came out in such a, a unique way. Like it feels like a, I don't want to say a different band, but you can tell that there was no allegiance to sound exactly like you used to. Uh, yeah, and, definitely not. Yeah. And it feels modern and also, like, grown up (laughs) in, like, a real way that I am really attached to. Like, I feel seen listening to it. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) Um, Like, it's, like, a lot of themes around, like, you know, getting older and, like, seeing the world in a different way. And, uh, which like, we're seeing that more and more with ska bands coming around. Like, they're no longer feeling obligated to keep the party going from... You know, when you were in your early 20s and everything's yes. a big, uh, a big goof off. And now everybody's like, hey, let's look back on our lives and uh, look forward as to what's coming next. And uh, I think this is like, I, again, I, I, we said before pod, but this is a very uh, challenging record to listen to in the best way because it's always full of surprises. Um, so outside That's of just say like ska music, like what other influences went into uh, into the new record?
2: Uh, I think you know I'll take a little bit for me like me being in some ways the newest addition to the team when they decided to do this for real and having a ska background but never playing this style. like our the band I had in high school was like we played kind of traditional poppy ska stuff we wrote songs about working in a candy shop in the mall and like you know nothing was serious it was just very lighthearted. and then being in Skag were like Steve's focus with his lyrical content is just like it's it just it hits everybody right like you said especially with this stuff in the newest album um but i think the addition of keys like so they throw stuff at me all the time like well what do we do about this oh card what do you got and i feel like that totally has changed some of the sound but we all come from like i will say this we all have ska some ska in our history, but like do not necessarily all come from the same ska place. So, mm-hmm. you know, two of the guys in the band will go see a metal show on a Friday and play a ska show on a Saturday. You know, like it, it we have so many different influences that are going into what we're what we're producing. Um, and I think we're listening more than maybe. I would have 20 years ago. Like, yeah, that's great. You know, like I would have just settled and like we're not settling anymore. We're like pushing the envelope a little bit. Like Why not change time signatures in the middle of the song? Not to be weird and jazzy, but just because it made sense, you know, like, okay, do it. Cause that's what makes sense for this. So I do think some of that has to do with, uh, you know, our individual backgrounds, like any band, but I think also a lot of it has to do with us as a whole, like really listening to each other. We did so much pre-production before actually going into the studio with this album. I've never done that before, where you're like, we're gonna re we're gonna record in our homes, we're gonna put it together and figure out what makes sense, decide what clashes. I want this to be longer. I want this to be shorter. We did a lot of that, so there's a lot of listening going on. It was great.
0: Well, and so that's interesting that you say that because you know you can't road test. Well, I guess if it all started during COVID, you can't road test this music, right? The only way to really make the songs uh kind of cleaned up or you know makes sense is to be able to do some pre-production right so that's it's almost like a necessity of the environment you were in Um,
2: absolutely i mean one of the songs yeah no end theory has still not actually been played out it was completely done between you know practicing working pre-production and then recording but we will play it for our next couple of shows but like we hadn't even prepared it for a show we haven't road tested it yet.
0: <laughs> uh yeah. I definitely heard metal influences on on the record. There's some there's some double kicks in there, and which always makes me happy. Oh yes.
2: Uh, Dave loves uh, that. Give him an excuse to throw it in anytime. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh the excuse is Rob's gonna listen. So just uh let him know <laughs> okay. that. There's a there's oh, a guy out there who's obsessed with double bass, so <laughs> um uh I wanna kind of circle back. You talked about like doing like trip hop uh in the in the mm-hmm. mid aughts. Uh and like what how did that come about? Like, I know that's not about ska, but uh yeah. are you into it? Are you a big DJ Shadow fan? Like <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. In fact, like so it, it was really fun. I had always I guess whenever like Portis Head kind of surfaced and the massive attack and you start like I was listening to that stuff anyways. And it's so funny because we we say that trip hop and the upright bass is the reason that Dave and I are even married. Because right. they were looking for a bass player and had been to my apartment, I lived in Northampton at the time, and, you know, warp Tour would come around, and where we are, it would always be in Northampton, it was the closest place, and I lived like walking distance from where it would be, so uh, a couple of the Scagnetti guys had gone to the show that year and came back to my apartment to just kind of like chill out, whatever, and I had an upright bass in my room, they were like, what is that? I'm like, it's an upright bass, you know, I play it for school, I'm a music student, whatever, and that's what the phone call was initially was like, Carm, do you still play that thing? And I'm like, yeah, I do. They're like, do you want to be in a trip hop band? I'm like, okay. You know, <laughs> but we were listening. I think I was listening to that stuff, not realizing like I could make that music. I definitely wasn't like, Ooh, someday I'm going to play this bass in a trip hop band. It just, just, I guess you just Or I was assuming like it was all made. It was like the start of computer music. They were making beats. You know, you got DJ shadow doing things with records and like, You know, so, but Dave and Steve and Danny were already like trying to figure out how to recreate like their own trip hop with just the three of them and realized that they needed a a girl singer. They wanted a girl singer and they wanted an upright bass. So that was my, I came in as the bass player and it was a lot of fun. Very different. You play very long songs. Of course. (laughs) Compared to, you know, ska songs, but, um flexed some other muscles for me as, as a musician and performer and it was really fun really fun
0: oh that's awesome yeah uh, live yeah.
1: live like edm style music is always very cool uh when i worked at the music store back in the day i was uh someone showed me jojo Mayer drumming and jojo Mayer has a band called nerve and they are just a and b band but they play live so he plays like wild 300 bpm dnb drum beats on like a little teeny tiny like a cafe style kit and he, oh, yeah. and i and i think his band has like a an upright bassist and a keyboardist or something like that and it's it's wild it's it's very very cool to watch music like that that yeah you conceive of it being just sort of like an electronic thing that someone's making in their yeah. bedroom or whatever and then you see like a live band doing it it's super sick very cool yeah. yeah i
2: think i think we had an advantage in some ways because I didn't know any other band I could go see live doing what we were doing at the time. Like, unless you were going to go see Portishead or something like who, who else was doing that? And at least on yeah. the East coast, there was nobody. So I think we, as a group, our name was Tarmac and we had definitely pulled in people who were like, you need to play this venue every month. And then we started to do that where it was like, oh, wow, the first Saturday of every month. Yeah, but like we were doing something that was different and was not available anywhere else, uh, at least in our little niche here in the East Coast. So uh, we had a lot of opportunities to perform. A lot. It was great.
0: Uh, the other thing about, before we get into the time scotching for today, uh, Skagnetti got brought up no less than, I think, 50 times uh, when Hans Gruber and the Diehards were on for the first time. Uh, Chris is like... Them. Chris, uh, even though he came on to talk about Spring Heel Jack, I think that episode was actually about how much he liked Sergeant Skegner. Yeah, it's like a 50-50 episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's so
2: really funny.
0: It's uh it's really interesting because like you kind of mentioned it that the you know the Connecticut ska scene or even just like Northeast ska scene was was regional but big enough that it supported these bands. Like
2: yeah. who
0: else was uh who else was coming up around that time that you can remember and
2: Oh, let's see uh, yeah um so there was kind of a they were a little different not so much ska all the time well johnny two ben the strikeouts which i don't know if you've heard of them no um they were from the hartford area um they had a little bit more of that mod look to them and like They they did reunite recently um within the last year they played we did a Thanksgiving weekend um, and they reunited for it. It was great. Uh, so that's one, there's a band, Nigel Six. They're from the same area. They're from like the Hartford area, like Johnny Too Bad. Um, oh, oh, oh. Uh, the Mugwams. What? The tiny... <laughs> I, I don't think they, they made a great album. As far as I did, I, I remember being like, I don't know how why I was at the studio. I got to hear them recording some of their stuff. They're great musicians. Um, but I, I don't think it lasted long. They were another one, uh, Skagnetti, obviously they're the ones that like definitely come to mind as the ones that were playing the most, you know, in the area. So
0: that's just, that's just so fantastic. Like love to hear about these regional scenes that were just like, you know, little pockets of just like incredible musicianship and just like being able to go out to see shows all the time. Right. Like you kind of wish for that, yeah. uh, in this day and age, right. Especially in Edmonton. Yeah, and
2: the bands yeah. because of that scene. Like I'm sure this happens elsewhere, but like the Toasters came through, and then like Two Skinny Jays would come through, and then Pepcat would come through. You know, like because of this little venue in New Haven that like drew all the people. Like they knew they would pack the house, so they would like Fernando would book all these bands, knowing well like he would have a packed house for. Them. Like otherwise, I would have had to go probably to New York, Rhode Island, Boston. But they were coming through Connecticut. It was great.
0: And then, so for the Time Ska for today, uh, you chose Skavuvie and the Epitones. Uh, what's did. your history with that band? And uh, why did you want to talk about them today?
2: I guess, I don't know. I was just thinking of a band that was like the epitome of, of dance, fun, ska, because you just danced through every single song. At least I, I did. And um, I don't know. I just thought they were kind of unique. There, there's so many members in the band. They, uh, are from Boston, like the Alston area. And they, as far as I remember, they had a bus school bus and that's how they got from gig to gig to gig. And they lived in a house all together in Alston, Massachusetts and had a school bus.
0: Did they really?
2: Like, (laughs) if you don't know this, like I wanted to tell you this. So there you go. Oh yeah.
0: So a lot of my information that I got was from, uh, Kenneth Partridge's, uh, hell of a hat. Uh, and so... I uh most of the research I got was from there so if you have any uh lore uh please feel free to jump in with it because that's that's already amazing
2: (laughs) I mean that's pretty cool like what other ska band do you know that was doing that probably not many but I don't know maybe (laughs) not any others I don't know
0: (laughs) all right well let's let's do it do you want to go into the time scushing Uh, do you have this already oh yeah let's do it The time Ska Sheen takes us back to Massachusetts, circa 1994. I brought that joke back again. To the college towns of Newton Evergreen. and Wesley. <laughs> During a time when Ska was just on the cusp of hitting the big time, and punk rock was at its apex with Dookie and Smash ruling the charts. While the East Coast Ska scene is mostly associated with horn heavy and old school sounds, Boston specifically had its own split scene. On the one hand, you had the jazzy sounds of Bim Bim and the Alstonians. And on the the other hand, you had the hardcore and metal version being rolled by, of course, the Money Money Boss Tones, because they had Boston in their name. Amidst this time of ska entered the most fervent era, a new band of high school and college students hit the market. Influenced as much by 1960s Jamaican ska as with big band jazz and swing, they were able to appeal to different but merging scenes of horn-based dance music. Made up of a massive 10-piece lineup. Including a yeah. yes, <laughs> including a guitarist, keyboardist, drummer, bassist, five horn players, and a charismatic yep. frontman in Ansys appearance. I, I believe they have a euphonium player. Wow, and two trumpets, yes. two yep. trumpets, two trumpets. Yeah. Fun. And correct me if I'm wrong. They had the same lineup their entire career. I as believe far as it's I know, the, yes. The those ten yep. people.
1: That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, they mm-hmm. only
0: lasted for six years, but still, still. still. <laughs> 10 people staying together as a band and apparently living in the same house together. <laughs> yep. Like all of that is wild to me. Uh, yep. They caused a stir right from the get go. Their name is a combination of the old Jamaican Patois slang, Skavuvi, and a pun on uh, either epiphone or epitome. <laughs> uh, they existed in various forms from as early as 92. but They were introduced to two tone records by Ansys's dad, and worked backwards from there, falling in love with the 1960s sound. As a bunch of band geeks, they naturally were attracted to more technical and jazz based arrangements, and were eventually turned on to proto third wave Americans, Jump with Joey by 1994. With me. Yeah, they jumped with you.
1: <laughs> That's fun.
0: Uh, Jump with Joey is like uh, like an early 80s, like untouchables type of a uh, situation. Okay. But they were like bluesy. They did like 12. And so if you're listening to Scavuvy, You'll listen to, like, parts where they do, like, a 12-bar blues arrangement. And I did notice that, yep. That's kind of coming from yeah. Jump With Joey. Jump With You! Jump With Me! By 1994, they had put together their official batch of material that included a cassette, a comp appearance, and a live show centered around a cover of the 1989 film Batman. Mm-hmm. In 1995, they toured the country and got showcased mostly in front of traditional ska, where they are often too modern, but were too jazzy for the punks, and were sort of just too nerdy for everyone else. That didn't stop them from catching the eye of Bucket Hingley of the Toasters, who quickly snapped them up for his Moonska label to issue their debut, Fat Footin', that displayed their sound in earnest at the time and dropped almost immediately in 1995. It was produced by noted Boston hardcore producer Mr. Beautiful, who was known for producing Gang Green. It was largely instrumental okay. Yeah, that's right <laughs> <laughs> It was largely instrumental and featured covers by Baba Brooks, Joe Baton, and Cab Calloway With as much sly comic and B-movie references As they could squeeze in It marked them as the youngest band to sign to Moon And at the time, the fastest-selling Moon band to date Let's talk Ooh. about it okay. and the epitones, Fat Footin' Let's kick off by listening to that Batman song Yes,
2: please
0: I came in at the drum solo that's fun. because the drum solo is badass
1: i was listening to this on the bus and like on on spotify so i have my phone in my pocket and when the song started and the horn line started i was like is that batman <laughs> i had to pull up yeah. my phone oh, check, yeah. that's batman
0: so when you saw them this was like the cornerstone of the show right like this the batman yeah. song
2: oh people love this definitely and train just i think is that the only one they cover on this one um I can't remember if it's on tap it or not, but, like, yeah, when this would play, everybody was, like, ready to go. And you notice when you listen to Kavali, that Anson doesn't sing that much. Like, he he does no. a lot of toasting. He speaks sometimes, or he just, you know, old man of the mountain. He just kind of, old man of the mountain. He just kind of speak, he sings. Yeah. But I don't think there were a lot of other bands with a lead like that other than him.
1: I think he might say pick it up more than any other scoff yeah. person. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And when they drop in this one, this is the one I think, He'd he goes, like, pick it up, uh, pick it up, uh. he like gets right into <laughs> that's, that's all he does.
0: <laughs> and he's just on stage, just toasting the whole time. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and
2: well dressed. They were always like, I feel like they were always in suits and ties.
0: Classic. Yes, yes. I, all their all their pictures showed them in like matching suits and ties. We so Joey did mention that there's a lot of uh, it does remind you of Tokyo Sky Paradise Orchestra that way.
1: Yeah, because
0: mm-hmm. uh, same idea, very well dressed. Uh, not at this yeah. time, but like later on, their vocalist would also only really scat and and toast and not really sing that much. Yeah, uh, and so like you can kind of see the parallels a little bit. No, like minus the. It's almost like you take the Eastern influence out of Tokyo Sky and put in more, like, blues music and, and like, swing, so, and it's kind of, well, yeah. like, a big comparison. There. When
1: I was a kid, when I was, like, getting into music, uh, and I had, like, you know, mostly, like, grunge and punk rock and stuff, like, kind of in the mid-90s, for some reason, my parents had a, like, the Glenn Miller Orchestra, like, <laughs> greatest hits album, nice. and that made it, it way its way into my, like, CD thing, and I, I kind of got into that, and I, I kind of picked out some of that. When it gets more kind of ska jet or sorry swing jazzy on some of these yes. albums, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's like a like a Glenn Miller kind of feel to it. So it's almost like a mishmash of like a Glenn Miller style thing and like a Tokyo Scott type of thing. Okay. like it's it's pretty pretty yeah. good combo, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, they have a big band feel, especially because of how many horns they have um so you hear that but you know what's interesting when i was i did a little listen this week too because i'm like it's been so long since i listened to them let me let me listen through i never really got into new york scott jazz who had mm. a similar concept right um but i was thinking of that i was like i never really got i i think i saw them once or twice and was like okay they're good at what they do but scott movie would always bring me to a show if scott if new york scott jazz was the headliner i was like yeah it didn't it didn't hit anything with me but a similar style to something about Ska Movie, I don't know, it was way more fun to, to watch.
1: More dancey, maybe.
2: Oh, definitely. yeah.
0: I associate New York Ska jazz with being kind of like smart smart people Ska music. Uh, and it was, I think we learned recently that, that at, at the, in this period, in the mid-90s, it was basically just the Toasters. Yeah. Like everybody yeah. Who played horns yeah. was the Toasters horn yeah. section. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh yeah this record is so my history with Scavuvi is is the next record basically listening to it over and over and over again in high school. Uh so I did had to kind of like backtrack to Fat Foot and, and then their third record I had never heard before so that was kind of an extra treat. Um this record um I, I there's a lot to to love on it. Uh definitely feels to like bridge the gap to what they do next. Uh but I think that this is like basically just dance music. Like they're just like mm-hmm. making a party on this record. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I I don't know if a, a, a hardcore punk producer uh, added any value to their sound on there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the I, mix is a little a little funky. <laughs>
1: yeah, it. I, I don't know. It sounds it sounds like Moon Records. Yeah, the I know. Time. Horns like the are loud. Of, drums yeah, are loud. Every, yeah,
0: bass is super quiet. <laughs>
1: totally. Yeah. I yeah. like. I I don't know. I wasn't surprised. I was yeah. surprised to learn that the person who produced it did when I listened to it though I was not surprised that it sounded the way
0: that it did that's true yeah yeah um but yeah it's I mean it, it's a lot to there's so much going on with the horns all the time because there's five of them uh yeah. it's definitely like every solo is 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 well turned well earned um I would say uh they definitely are not uh into into brevity uh like the album i think is like an hour long but so long.
1: <laughs> i did notice that as well I but
0: like i laugh. i had to think about that yeah. too like at the in the era in the cd printing era when like you had to buy cds yeah there was a real culture about making sure that you filled the cd up
1: 100 yeah I, I have to take that into consideration yeah. whenever we listen to bands from this like kind of early 90s to even, to even like kind of the later mid 90s era it was like they were like, oh, we're allowed to go 80 minutes. So we need to go somewhere 65. between 55 yeah. and 80 minutes, which is like
0: too long. Yeah. Nowadays, <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. You can just make a record however you feel like it. Yeah, can-
1: You can literally put out four songs that are eight minutes long and call it a record if you want or an EP. doesn't matter.
0: The newest Joe and the Shipboy's album is 15 songs and it's 12 minutes long. There you go. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> Uh, I have another song queued up Let's listen to You mentioned Old Man of the Mountain Let's uh, listen to that Because Definitely worth listening To their swing stuff This song rules Yeah This very fun Yeah
2: I think this is a big crowd
0: And uh Yeah That's great <laughs> I love this kind of, yeah. of
1: stuff yeah. <laughs> Vocalizations for the fun of it.
2: Yeah, well, who needs lyrics? Like,
0: just do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, because it reminds me. So the G- gangster fun has the cover of uh, Blue Surge Suit, which is also a Cab Calloway cover. And I think that just Scott covers of Cab Calloway songs are guaranteed bombs. Like, they're just so good. Yeah. yeah. Because the original is very good.
2: At the end of the show. Right. Until Yeah. Yeah.
1: Plus, this sound just like makes it seem like you're in some sort of like underground club drinking hooch, dancing, you know, like it's just a fun like vibe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you have to call it you Have to.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Risking blindness, you know?
2: <laughs> I remember uh, just how much of the stage they took up when they would play to like <laughs> there's, there's ten of them. Um, to, you know, some places we'd see them like it felt like they just didn't fit, you know. But they somehow all got up there. It's it's a uh, a feat to be had and to mic all of the horns. I'm sure there were sound guys <laughs> who would just, like be like, "I'm not working that night." Nope. But, like <laughs> you had to, you had to like mic. I don't know. I assume they mic all the horns, or maybe the trumpets shared, at least because there was two of them. I don't know. <laughs> so much, It's so much.
0: Mic every horn, and they all need a vocal, so they can all do. Uh, oh, they can all say "Old Man of the Mountain" at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So what's that? 20, 20, 20 mics you need on stage? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like
2: sometimes we have four. We're like we got you got four. Okay, we'll we'll manage with four mics. You know? <laughs> That's how many mics we need.
1: No, we needed like eight. <laughs> we, we needed, needed eight. a whole bunch. We
0: needed eight lying on the ground. I,
1: <laughs> I was I was gonna say uh, eight people on stage without instruments was a lot of people on stage. Ten people with a drum kit and a bunch of horns and stuff. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the other song I have from Fat Footin' is "She Sure Can Cook."
2: Oh, that's a good one too.
0: Oh, this is the one with the 12 barbecue line. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, this is some Glenn Miller ass bullshit right here, right? You, uh, <laughs> hey, that's your big band. Yeah.
0: 12 Barbie. Yeah. You, uh, you, were su- you told me before pod that you were surprised that they did not sound very third wavy.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just, the jokeier uh, name threw me off. I was not expecting it to be so kind of old school flavored, and I was pleasantly surprised.
0: They're all, like, 16, 17 when this record goes. That's played. Rad. Yeah.
1: So they absolutely could
2: have played. Some of them in college or something? Or some of them, is that what you said? Some of them were in college.
0: Half were I mean, half half still 95. in college, half were in okay. high school, yeah.
1: So they could have been playing, like, just cheese, cheesy ska. They could have been. But they weren't. They were playing this. They
2: chose rad. They wisely.
0: Yeah. The scoff did the same thing. They were, like, super young when they signed. Yeah, when their first record came out.
1: Also, some of the solos on this album, for them being that young, are fucking bananas because there's some yeah. pretty wild soloing. That's cool. They
2: either were all in like their high school jazz slash college jazz groups because like those horn players knew how to like how to take a solo. Hell yeah! And I just counted, there are 17 songs on this Fat foot album. 17. <laughs> That's a lot 17 of songs. songs. And they're they four I would guess at least four minutes long,
0: a long so my time. biggest critique uh is that's too damn long
1: <laughs> yeah me
0: too actually uh, which I might say for all the records I might just say the too damn long <laughs> 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 which I've I've said before on this pod that uh, and like I I just like a nice crisp 40 45 minutes Uh maybe even shorter sometimes. Like with a movie these days. I don't have time for three hour movies like I used to. Yeah. Uh, I like to get a movie in and out in ninety minutes. That's a selling feature for a new flick for me. Um I lost patience. I lost patience. (laughs) Something that happened. Uh but uh yeah, it's good. Did you have any other thoughts with Fat Footin' before we progress?
2: No, that's definitely the more memorable of the there's two albums, right? Or you said there's three.
0: They have three, yeah.
2: They have three. So I only remember two. So there must be right. a newer one? That's
0: right. There's a sneaky one that we'll talk about that's towards the end. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, I mean, sort yeah. of sneaky. Well, there, there's a sneaky it's, one towards the end, but also the middle one is sneaky in a different
0: way. In, in that it's not streaming anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which <laughs> oh, is okay. a lot of fun. <laughs> interesting,
2: uh, interesting. No, I just, I think it was a feel-good record for them. And I, I truly think that Moon did a good job of getting them out there because they had what i thought like a pretty good fan base for a brand new band in the 90s to just pop out on the scene and then travel around in a bus everybody like was like well the school movie bus is here like you knew when they were in town it's pretty cool
0: and then i think yeah this would have been just before uh signing bands like mephiscopheles because that would have came out a year later so this is like yeah this is just as Moonska was like scooping up bands left and right in the in the East Coast. Yeah, uh, nice. so we should. Uh, I think it's time to take a break. And when we get back, more timescoshing.
1: Woo!
0: Welcome back to Checkered Pass. We're here with Carmela of Sergeant Skag, and we're talking Scavuvie and the Epitones. So we're oh, taking yeah. off from '95 after the release of Fat Footin'. That helped uh, catapult the band into a touring national band. Was that about goat? Fat Foot? Yeah, it's about goat. <laughs> Joey, you're like 30 minutes late for that I joke.
1: I know. I just, it just, it's very good. I just got up to it.
0: I just have this image of you just like, when do I stick the goat, the goat joke in? It's got to be coming. I have so many goat jokes, you guys. <laughs> the word of mouth helped the band get gigs like crazy. And throughout 1996, they became more and more confident and road tested graduating high school definitely helped too. It was clear to the band as well that Ska was hitting its apex and they needed to be there for it. They made no compromises to follow the trend of punkified party Ska, so they really just stuck to their guns for their follow-up. This resulted in the Summer of Ska album 1997's Ripe. Produced by Victor Rice, it pulled away from the band's ballroom dance tendencies from the debut and just fucking went for it. The baritone sax and keys are brought to the front the lyrical content tilts at a bizarre angle, with songs like Frog Spirit, Aquaman, and the minor hit Blood Red Sky, that also tapped the most uh, into the band's swing influences at exactly the right time when swing was on the radio. Let's talk about Ripe. This is the the big one. It kicks off. I actually the, the the three songs I queued up for this are tracks one, two, and three because I think that that's the best emblematic of this record. So let's listen to Japanese Robot. This is the whole song because it's only a minute and a half long. Oh, it's
1: baritone, very fun,
0: though. That baritone sax. It's like life for me in the Scott Booby sound. Yeah, isn't the
1: fourth song that frog song? Frog Spirit? I think so. So, so like, first four first tracks. First four tracks, are bangers.
0: So this Man. is my Scott Booby record, it is right. Um, here's my story about how I first learned about Scott Booby and the epitones. It was early aughts late 90s whatever uh when i was on amazon's listified right yeah which uh past guest kate Moy uh talked about that was an entry point for ska it big, was for me as well yeah big um, mystified head and i remember there was a i can't remember what album it was someone was shitting on some record and they said oh this is like garbage pop ska if you want good pop ska you should listen to ska the epitones and edna's goldfish and from there I listened to ripe and elements of transition like back to back and then so those two records have a real soft spot in my heart because I was like you know what this is fucking awesome yeah so I had gotten into them after they broke up
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) but I mean if this is the first song you heard I yes. can see why you were into them.
0: This is also Cool Chris's favorite. Uh, as you imagine, this yeah. sounds like a song he really. I like. believe his answer
1: yeah. to "What song are you?" or "What band are you guys doing?" Uh, and when we said Scott movie, he was like Japanese robot, bunch of exclamation <laughs> points.
2: <Yeah. laughs> I mean, they got they got a lot better. I mean, they were good, but their horn lines, especially, and their their sound, like just. Got so much more mature after the first
0: album. Uh, But looking at their career post-band, I think they did all right for themselves. A lot of them became like doctors and like (laughs) professional musicians on like major label albums and stuff. Like it was, uh, they obviously leveraged this to get into like like very well-paying, good jobs. (laughs) Sweet. Uh, There's a story in Hell of a Hat uh that they apparently when they were touring for fat foot and they went to uh they would go on these like skinhead showcases and when they would play uh the batman song and it would get really fast at the end uh the skins would get really angry because you're not supposed to play ska fast like that's like a thing right. and, like if yeah you're they, they, like, right? they like slow
1: ska like rock ska- yeah, yeah. and stuff yeah
0: and so they would gotcha. be like, OK, well, maybe we shouldn't play in front of these people because they're uh, they're really scary and they don't want us to play fast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then afterwards, they like kind of like amped it, up not noticing that they were able to tour and kind of be a draw everywhere and tour with other fellow ska bands. They were able to kind of, you know, play around with tempos a lot more than they were on the first one where uh, they could kind of do a little bit of everything on this record because there is no more rules. Like you could just play ska and you play ska the way you wanted to, and you would, you would get shows cause it was 97.
1: One of the things that I noticed about this record too, um, although I listened to them like kind of out of order, cause we had to listen to this one, not on streaming. Um, this, the, the last album kind of the horns are all great, but they all kind of like stay sort of in the m- middle of their ranges. It seems like, Whereas this album is like the lows get real low and the highs get real high. Like there's some really high horn line parts on this album. And then there's like, like weird berry honks and that, that frog spirit song keeps coming to mind. Cause what a weird song, but like, it really kind of like showcases that. Like they, they kind of threw a lot of the, a lot of the kind of what you play in ska horn stuff out the window and just sort of fucking went for it on this record. It's very good.
2: Yeah. I mean, and you're right about the various acts because that, that hits like all the. It's just like pulls your heartstrings if you're like, you like that low end sound. It's real. It's tasty in this album compared <laughs> to the first one. I mean, it was good in the first one. You hear him. He's present, but obviously yeah. this one, it's way more.
0: Yeah. It's right up front. And you're, I, I like what you're saying about like the highs get real high. Like the trumpets are playing in different ranges yes. rather than just in tandem all the time. Yeah. 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 Totally. So they're like, writing music a little bit more rather than just like trying to get as much material out and, and, and get it out onto the road. Now they're like, and even like there's more lyrics, like there's more songs with singing and the lyrical content is very odd and weird and in the best possible way, like (laughs) not. Yeah. Like it's a lot of non sequiturs and kind of like maybe some like little dark humor here and there. Um, But it's, It's awesome. We should listen to the single, Blood Red Sky. So they shot a video for this one. This is the one where they add a video. Uh, And apparently they couldn't get it played on 120 minutes. Really? Which was where all the ska was getting played at the time. Yeah. So they weren't able to crack into the mainstream. They were shunned. They were shunned. Doomsday got on 120
2: minutes. (laughs)
0: That's just 12 <laughs> minutes each. Too <Yeah>. many. <laughs> 12 minutes each. Jeez. <laughs> you can make a gout joke, I can make a math
1: joke. Goat's way funnier than math.
0: <laughs> I think he's a good vocalist. Yeah.
2: Yes,
1: he has his
2: own
1: style. Yeah, this song definitely gives me, like, the, like, gangstery. Yep.
0: Spice God. Yeah. 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 Mixed a little bit with, like, the Squirrel Nut Zipper's Hell. Yep. Yeah. Totally. Um... Yeah, this uh, this record, man. I just I could keep gushing about it. Uh, you know, my biggest complaint with it, though, too damn long. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know, you know what I do I'm nothing if not, not
2: consistent. <laughs> you know what I
1: do find though on both of these albums being too damn long. It's not. <laughs> it's not even that each song is too long, or that there are bad songs on it that they could have edited. It's just as a whole, it's just the whole thing is just too long. Like, there isn't even a specific thing where I'd be like, oh, you could just, just cut that, cut that, right? Yeah. Like, it's all good, but it's just it's oh, man, this 60 or 70 <laughs> minutes is just too much time to invest.
0: But man, there's some like banger songs on here. I'm just looking at the, the track list again. So Fr- Frog Spirit obviously is great. Wildfire is great. Drunk is great. The, the last song, Riverboat, is also amazing uh yeah this is like a classic of the era <laughs> like <laughs> i feel like all i can do is talk about it for hours and
1: we spoke about this pre-pod
0: but we are unsure of why it's not on streaming no yeah, clue I'm
2: just gonna ask nope. you if you knew why
0: um so we here's our here's our theory uh so pretty sure bucket gave all the rights to the music back to the bands when moon folded uh okay. and so i and knowing what I know about Bucket, I don't think he's highly motivated to go in, scrounge up old moon stuff and throw it on streaming. I feel like that's like uh, one too much effort for him on that front. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas he would prefer the band just made the choice, whether they did it or not. Uh, and so like, I, I feel it's very scattered shot. If you're on moon, some of your stuff is on streaming. Some is not. And I think that's band to band. Uh, I read that. So fat foot and like the version that's on streaming is like an extended version they actually added like three songs to it and I think they okay. were working to getting Ripe on there uh, but haven't done so yet so I think it's really just you know a matter of time and energy to to get it out there whereas the next record is on streaming The Growler which uh, you know has, has its defenders <laughs> The one last song I have from Ripe is Aquaman because uh, it makes me laugh
1: <laughs> It made me laugh when I was listening to it too <laughs> I think this the, the song titles on, really hit man, me swim. as like <laughs> swim Aquaman swim um really hit me as uh working titles for the songs that they then were like that's the title of the song now and he just started saying things kind of in relation to that title. Like I I
0: don't They wrote 14 random words down and they're just like, okay, now let's write some songs based around these random words. 100%.
2: Yeah, it's possible. (laughs) It's possible. I used to be in a band that would write down everything on, on paper. You know, you used to always get like a paper grocery bag. Um, because it wasn't plastic or like, these least it felt like that. And we would save them and, and put them on the wall so we wouldn't forget things because we were in college and like, it was just like an afterthought to have a Scott band, but it was still fun. And so everything was on garbage bags because we would, or grocery bags because otherwise we'd forget it. Like things even like that, like a word, a chord progression. And then it would sit <laughs> in the bottom of, we'd just sit in the bottom of my bass locker until we'd meet again and be like, all right, what did we do with that? What's that? I don't know just make something with it or not or recycle it and i was like no that's garbage recycle (laughs) i love that so Uh, a movie could have been doing like just like yeah like throwing like magnetic letters on a fridge and was like that's a song
0: (laughs) and i don't want to always invoke this band and i don't know why i keep bringing them up uh on the podcast but the band anal cunt that's how they wrote all their songs (laughs) 100%. 100%. You do keep bringing them I up. I do they get brought up a lot. I just I'm aware of a lot of lore around that band because it's uh, fascinating and terrifying. And what it, well their name comes from them just picking two swear words out of a uh, out of a dictionary. And then they yeah, they would just write things that are like um you own a store and then they would write a song about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Th- just like, d- yeah. The dumbest premise,
0: the stupidest premise. <laughs> yeah. And then they would just like write a song about it. Cause their songs are only five seconds long.
1: Also. It's very, just <laughs> the, the idea of simply writing out a song title and being yeah. like, that's the premise of the song yeah. is a pretty funny bit to begin with.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, I won't invoke them anymore. Cause Seth Putnam is not a good person. Right, he's a total piece of shit. Do you hear about Phil Anselmo still being a piece of shit? (laughs) Speaking of friends of Seth.
1: First, what did he do now? Second of all, when did he stop being a piece of shit? Uh,
0: Yeah, that's true. Zach Wilde is in the new Pantera. I know. That's upsetting.
1: I I mean, (laughs) he sucks too, so whatever.
0: That's fair. Man, what what an upsetting band. Just continue to make me mad. All right. (laughs) Do you have any more thoughts on the on what we're talking about today
2: (laughs) or
1: Pantera
0: (laughs) or Pantera do a lot of thoughts on Pantera
2: no I don't have any thoughts on Pantera I think my brother used to listen to them for a while just kind of remember being like yeah that's not my thing but it's cool if it's yours you know um no I mean you see you hear like the you hear like an elevation in the music in the second one so I me not hearing the third album not even realizing there was a third album I'm very intrigued if you're going
0: to play something from it. Oh, I'm going to play three tracks off of it. Yeah, oh, yeah. we're going to we'll okay. chat about it. Very
2: I almost curious. feel like there's
0: more to talk about yeah. with it because the first two records have a very similar feel to it, but the third one goes off in a different direction. Mm-hmm. And so I think okay. that that's, uh, it's going to be interesting. So, all right. all right, let's continue. While the success of this album helped spur the next year of the band, as 1998 wore away, it was clear the ska scene was in a death spiral. As money became tighter and concert draws dwindled, the band also became salty toward their fellow ska bands. The brief taste of success spurred the band to write full-blown pop songs and try to craft a hit. With Moon Ska essentially out of business, the band shifted to Shanachi for its next release. Oh, you never heard of this record label? It's time for everyone's favorite feature, label says the
1: bomb.
0: Uh, the label was formed in 1976 and is an old Gaelic slang for storyteller. Why? Because it released only Irish fiddle music. Uh, <laughs>
2: except
1: for the <there's probably
0: laughs> episodes. Oh, yeah, we we get there. Uh, okay. our Arcrumb cr- did their label art.
1: Like the <laughs> 70s, like... Ass gas or grass art guy that yeah. art
0: rum? Did the, did the label art for <laughs> Shanity Records, which was again only putting out Irish fiddle music. That, this
1: I love hey. this
0: so much. Eventually they leveraged this to acquire small labels that allowed them to scoop up jazz, reggae, and international artists to create an eclectic, albeit pop absent roster. So they never really liked having pop music. Nowadays, the music being released is like by Rita Marley. Ladysmith Black Mombazo, Leo P., and Flowbots for some reason. Okay. Uh, Flowbots was a instrumental hip hop band that had the song, uh, uh, I Can Ride My Bike with No Handlebars. Oh,
1: you remember yeah. Remember that song?
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, this may seem weird, but in 1999, they were this weird as well. Uh, so if you were familiar with Scandalous, like the Scandalous All Stars or the uh scandalous mm-hmm. uh the compilations that did cover records mm-hmm. and all the bands that were on those records this is the label it was on
2: okay. so basically
0: by leveraging all of this like jazz international Jamaican um artists that they were signing uh they were able to first they put out the compilation, which was scandalous all covered, and had a bunch of New York bands on there, and then some of those artists all formed the scandalous all stars which then put out their own records on the same label. So it wasn't like a huge stretch to also have Scavuvi because they also had these New York East Coast Ska bands mm, okay. also on the roster. Yeah, yeah okay. yeah, okay. So that's how it all came. And they still exist to this day doing kind of whatever. Like it is, I went through and I scrolled through their artist list and it's, you know, like they, they've cornered the market how do I put this they they look for the markets that are not being cornered and then they corner those markets (laughs) like like Lady Smith Black Mombazo has like a very international huge following but whatever label they're on will just like drive them in whatever direction they're going you know what I mean right yeah yeah. uh, anyway very interesting R. crumb fiddle music (laughs) label she's the bomb (laughs) So, Skavuvi's final album was 1999's The Growler, that was, for all intents and purposes, an attempt to go mainstream. Featuring more pop and accessible jazz influences than ever before, it came at a time when fellow ska bands were making similar experiments see Slow Gherkin and Mephiscopheles. It fell with a whimper and put the last nail in Skavuvi's na- coffin. All the members separated after, go on to personal success. Including aforementioned doctorates, musical achievements, but they left a legacy of Vuvi as a band of dorks that stayed true to themselves and were simultaneously of a ahead and of the time. So let's talk about the Growler with the s- single coffee connection about how much he hates coffee.
1: I thought that's what this song is yeah. about, and I was like, "That's that's a solid thing to be singing about." <laughs> mm-hmm. Made me think of you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's like Ska that kind of is a little more Huey Lewis-y, hey? Like, almost. Ah, that's a good one. Yeah.
0: Since when does drinking coffee, feel like wearing a white hat. When Oats in camp, a bottomless cup. I think they want I think it's a jam. I also <laughs> think it's yeah, a jam. This is yeah. good.
2: They
0: they made it sound like they like picked Scott of the curb, but it really wasn't. It was just them like just not being purists, I guess. Like and involving yeah, a little more more different
2: Like pop? Seattle,
0: Brooklyn,
2: I can't tell which city I'm in. Identical twins, <laughs> foreign black sin.
0: And the horns are still honking. Oh yeah! Like this album, they yeah. like, yeah. they still make use of the five, five horn players. And I yeah. seem
1: to to recall. I think I was listening to this one on transit, and it was a busy day, so I was like not paying super attention to it. But it seems like they didn't really pull back on the jazz either.
2: No, it like, still jazz. Yeah, still
1: very jazzy. Like for for an album that they consciously tried to go more pop, it's it is poppier but they didn't really pull back the stuff that made them them to put the pop in like a lot of bands did when they made that decision as well you know what i mean
0: right when i think of like run screaming the the slow gherkin album that was just like a total whiff yeah right like this like i just think that there was no way for them to succeed (laughs) like which unfortunately at the time like they just couldn't but this album is like it feels so modern like you can see bands nowadays playing like music like this because it's yeah. just more of a, a mishmash of genres but totally. ska like still the focal point
1: ska being kind of the glue holding it all together exactly but like yeah. way more yeah. going on yeah
2: but i feel like yeah. even in the track you just played there's like a little bit of that swing and big band in the transitions and the in the drums and like so they're they're being true to themselves, but just made it a little poppier and odds, this is singing more. And like, there's a verse and a chorus.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They made, there wasn't just made up words. Yeah. There was like,
0: I I think there's only like four or five songs that are instrumentals. Like it definitely swings more in, in full sang songs. Like, yeah. Yeah. But it's still very, very weird. Uh, So let's play tiny machines. I, some of these songs that stood out to me were just, like, where they really went for it. Oh, yeah. Also, they overdrove the guitars a couple times. Yeah, I was
1: going to say this was, like, the first distorted yeah. guitar we've heard, I think.
2: Yeah.
0: This song is very Devo-y. Yeah.
1: That's what it is. That's the thing I was trying to put my finger on.
0: Yeah. Which, if you're a bunch of dorks. Deebo is right there. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Laura Thomas Dolby.
1: But not going into that New Wave sound either. No. You know, it still sounds like them, but it's definitely pulling from those influences. This song almost has kind of like a Almost like a rocket from the crypt sort of vibe too. A to almost bit. a little bit, yeah, very cinematic. Yep. Yeah,
2: keyboard textures digital, are much more similar. storytelling. There's, you know, like the way, the way this one is composed. I feel like you're, it's truly telling a story where others maybe there are so many solos and things like you, you could lose yourself in the horns, but. The, this particular one and maybe the last one a little bit too. A little more storytelling maybe.
0: Yeah. I, I That for sure. Like um, it's a, a lot of sci-fi, like the sci-fi stuff was like a big one on this record.
1: Man or Astro Man. Yeah. Has kind of yeah. like a Ska Man or Astro Man sort of oh, yeah. thing
0: going on for sure. Yeah. Like, and, yeah, and I also got reference. like a, a little bit of cake in some of the, his vocal deliveries because of the sing talking. Yep. Yeah. Like that's the thing. It's just like you can pull out these little things from this album that were surprising in a way that you know. But,
1: yeah, but it's hard to say they're just doing that thing.
0: No, because you know, every you know, song kind of like yeah is and it, different, and
1: it and way. it is really pulling a reference. It's not really like oh he's just singing the way the cake guy sings. It's like no, like I can kind of hear a little bit of the cake thing, right. but it's they're doing their own thing. Yeah, it's very well thought out.
0: You know, like just the wrong time to be releasing a record like this right yeah just like like yeah. if this
1: album came out now
0: it it would kill i think, I think so yeah. yeah like i think it hold it holds up to the modern era in a way that like some of their more classic stuff maybe like as much as i love ripe like i would almost recommend this to more people to just say like hey this is something interesting from the 90s especially uh, if yeah. you're
1: yeah if you're more of like a ska 2 type enjoyer yeah. Th- this would be a better entry feel point like a to progressive, the band.
0: more more progressive sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Uh, I was actually let's, hope- uh, I was
2: really hopeful they might join for the the Big Fest and was like is there any chance like a movie's going to reunite and like come to I just thought it would be so much fun and for people who don't know them to hear them, but I can put in a suggestion next year for the next
1: Once this out once this episode comes out, yeah. There's their streaming numbers are going to explode.
0: they will be there next year yeah Chris was upset that it was only a thousand
1: yeah he was like <laughs> angry about yeah he was
0: like a thousand that's bullshit <laughs> uh they almost reunited mm-hmm. in I think two thousand eleven like they set up like a a website and a blog post, and they put three posts and then just stopped. they're yeah. like, yeah wow. more materials coming and then three like after like three months of posting stuff, they just stopped again, wrangling ten ten members together because like at this point like th- they're almost known for only the one lineup. Yeah. So, that's that's gotta be a challenge. Yeah. Last song I have queued up from this record is Captain Future because this one was also weird and I liked it. Oh, it's always kind of swingy. Yep. It
2: was very jazzy.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, like, all those changes. So many changes. Really David oh, Bowie on this song.
0: All the changes <laughs> I see what you did there wood, Robot's coming. also sounds a little like bit Noga's like gangster fun stomp. in the vocals, too. We mentioned that before, spew
1: but instead of talking about like punching a guy in the face, it's singing about space spacemen <laughs> <laughs> <and> volcanoes. <Yeah. laughs>
0: fucking sweet it's so cool yeah. Rad. <laughs> and they thought that this was mainstream
2: <laughs> <laughs> what is this 99 98
0: 99? 99 99 yeah this doesn't sound like limp Bizkit at all <laughs>
1: yeah contemporaneous <laughs> with the previous sergeant Skag record i believe
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's scov uh like they basically did this record it fell with a whimper and they broke up within a year and
1: moved, six, on, other it, moved on
0: to their things A six year career scov and in the epitones from the one of them was uh, 22 when they broke up <laughs> that's
1: wild <Wow. laughs>
0: so just to contextualize how young yeah. this band was and also everything that they try to do in that six-year period, like, I'm thinking about Rob when I was 22, and I just graduated college. Uh, I was not anywhere near this uh, good at things. At anything. At anything. Like, I I, I did not have this level of talent. I
1: don't know if I had 10 of the same friends from the time that I was, (laughs) like, 16 to 22.
0: (laughs) I'm, I'm going to take a stab. Probably weren't. That close of friends by the time this whole thing shook down. That's true. That's true. I, I would imagine like there was some rifts uh, based on everything I know about these bands. Uh, it, it inevitably had to happen. I'm sure they're great now, but yeah, they probably were like, uh, we can't do this anymore. It's uh, that'd be hard to pay that many members. Yeah, like even just from like making it feasible to be like a touring band and paying off that bus and paying off that bus. Yeah, they're probably still yes. making payments.
2: <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> yeah, like I found. Uh, I want to say it was around that time because my brother lived in Boston for a long time and he would cross paths with them, not only from being in JC super Scott, but just like they're musicians in Boston doing things, you know? Um, and I, I guess I, I don't think I realized that they weren't a band anymore, but like I knew where the house was. And I like, I think my brother lived near them or something. And it never occurred to me now. Like we were over there talking about them. They weren't, a band anymore they just some of them still lived in the house something like that and i think they still had the bus but they weren't a band anymore probably because they did get rid of a school bus i don't know but yeah. <laughs> Or maybe they
0: all had to like share the school bus to like drive to work or something
1: that that was the uh that was the financial plan all the band money went to pay off the bus and then when the band broke up they sold the bus and everyone got paid out
2: you can't park anywhere in boston like so they had, they had a driveway. I do remember this. They had a driveway next to the house, and it was just for the bus. Because otherwise, what would they do with the thing? Like, just <laughs> get a ticket every day? I don't know. You know, like, I don't know. But they <laughs> specifically had a house that had a driveway so they could put the bus in it. Like, they were, for uh, being so young, they thought of all the things, you know?
0: <laughs> appreci- an appreciating asset.
2: Yeah.
0: a school yeah. bus, right? Yeah. <laughs> drops 30% after you drive it off the lot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Let's go on to the next thing. We're going to play a game. We're going to play a game. Let's play okay. a game. All right. Here's my little thing to start it off. It's pretty terrible. I'm sorry. I I have a, a guest that's really great. And I did something stupid. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye to brevity. Right. It lacks any levity. Unhappy to read it all. Well, did you need it all? Did you ever preach? Cause you got words of plenty traded in one word for 20. Pens are red, but yours are blue. I think it's time to try something new. Do you suffer from long-term album titles? I can't read it all. This song is called, <laughs> this game is called Long-Term Album Titles. That was me parodying the song Amnesia by Chumbawamba. Oh, okay,
1: uh, <laughs> that was the Chumbawamba.
2: That was the Stud Something reference earlier.
0: Yeah. But there's more, because in this game, oh. Joey and Carmella will be given an album title with an insanely long title, mm-hmm. and I will say okay. all, but the last word. <laughs> and you have to guess what that last word is. Oh, okay? Are we going,
1: all are good. we going, over are
0: uh, yeah. switching? Yeah, I, since there's two of you, we'll just, we'll, we'll go back and forth okay. on this one. I think that'd be okay. fun. I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. And uh, okay. if you get it right, you get a point. Sounds yeah, good. Yeah, most all point right. wins. I got 10. Okay. okay. So here's, and okay. I'll I'll tell you what the who the artist is after. I won't tell you the artist up front.
1: Okay. Okay. Good. Who are we gonna start with? Let's Carmella. start with
0: the uh, Carmella. Okay. Okay.
2: Okay.
0: My people were fair and had sky in their hair, but now they're content to wear stars on their blank.
2: Say it one more time.
0: My people were fair and had sky in their hair, but now they're content to wear stars on their blank. I should mention this is not necessarily ska, Chair?
2: and almost definitely isn't. I feel like it has to rhyme. Right?
0: Right, so chair. I'm gonna say
2: chair. Star- stars and their. Joey, do you have a
1: guess? Uh, I'm gonna say bellies.
0: Brows. dang. Browse. This is the Brows. famous T Rex album. Oh, T Rex. I was thinking Sneeches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like the Sneeches. <laughs> They're good. That's they learn I mean. a lesson at the end of that book. Mm-hmm.
2: Stars, uh, with bellies, stars on <laughs> thars. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I was. Yeah, yeah. I was
0: able to recite that entire thing by memory because I had read it so much to my son. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think I could do it anymore.
2: Doctor, right, here's the next one. share the same birthday, so I love me some doctor.
0: Uh. Oh me, oh my. The way the day goes by, the sun is setting. Dogs are dreaming love songs of the Christmas blank.
1: Sorry, can, Joey, you, can you do one you more go time? <laughs> oh These me are my. fun. Yeah. Oh
0: me, oh my! Yeah. The way the day goes by, the sun is setting. Dogs are dreaming love songs of the Christmas blank.
1: Oh my God! Dogs are dreaming of the Christmas
0: night. Christmas night says Joey. Carmela. I'm going to say season. Oh, so close! Oh. Spirit, Christmas oh. spirit. <laughs> is this so is.
2: Awesome. Wow. D- oh
0: man. D- Devandra Barhar- Banhard, Devandra Banhard.
1: Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: All right. These, this is, I'm having a great time. I was worried about this game being too weird, but this is actually <laughs> no, fun. <this> is great. <laughs> All right. Here's the next one. Carmella, go first. No more okay. stories are told today. I'm sorry they washed away. No more stories. The world is gray. I'm tired. Let's wash blank.
2: Is it less wash or let's watch? What was the
0: last? Let's word? wash. Wash. W a s h. Let's wash, wash Blank. This is
1: such a hard game.
0: Yeah, yeah. These are some fucked up t- t- titles. I man. Can't
2: believe people write albums with titles. Okay.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's <I'm-> bananas.
2: <laughs> this is way too long. I thought our title was long. This is way.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm doing them in order of length, too. They get longer and longer as this game goes <laughs> Holy on. Holy
2: shit. Okay. Uh, I'll say uh, Wash Scars.
0: Wash scars, Joey. Do you have a guess? Let's. Can can you read through one more time? God, man. No more stories are told today. I'm sorry they washed away. No more stories. The world is gray. I'm tired. Let's wash blank. Today. It's away again.
2: Ah! (laughs) I'm away again. God.
0: Oh, Oh, man. This is fun. Okay. Here's the next one. Joey, you go first on this. I'm going to skip this one and go to this other one because it's way funnier yeah. burritos yes. inspiration point fork balloon sports really cards like. in the spokes automatic biographies kites kung fu trophies banana peels we've slipped on and eggshells we've tippy toed blank
1: tippy
2: toed past
0: past says joey Carmella, what do you say uh
2: we've tippy toed these are like childhood things in the dark
0: Oh, you're both so close. Tippy Over. Oh,
2: Over was my, like,
1: over. my other, Damn. This
0: is and Jazz, familiar with the first wave emo band, and Jazz, Midwest Emo. All right, okay. Twinkly.
2: Okay. All right,
0: guitars. here's the next one. Okay. So, yeah, very Twinkly <laughs> Guitars, yes. <laughs> got this fucking next one. <laughs> I'm sorry. <Yeah>. It's so <laughs> stupid. I believe I this is Carmella it. first? Yeah, Carmella okay. <laughs> first. Some motherfuckers, with, with ass, God, um, Some motherfucker's gonna be walking around with a size 9 diehard up their ass because apparently they ain't never seen a short AC man get badass on blank.
2: God.
0: Some motherfucker's gonna be walking around with a size 9 diehard up their ass because apparently they ain't never seen a short AC man get badass on blank.
2: On Broadway. Broadway, <laughs>
0: Broadway Joey. Broadway. There's been no point over it. On Mike. On methadone. <laughs> by the band Weird Wives. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. All right. I got, I'm going to do four more because I'm just having (laughs) a great time, but I also, I'm also realizing how hard these are. All right, but we're getting into some classics. These next three, I think are ones that people are aware of as being long titles. Okay. Okay. This next one, when the pawn hits the conflicts, he thinks like a King, what he knows, throws the blows when he goes to the fight and he'll win the whole thing for he enters the ring. There's no body to better when your mind is your might. So when you go solo, you hold your own hand and remember the depth is the greatest of heights. And if you know where you stand, then you'll know where to land. And if you fall, it won't matter because you know that you're blank. Right. Guess, Carmela?
2: Know that you're... I like your answer. Is it Ryan? You can take it. Okay. I'll I'll second his right.
0: Correct. That is uh, the first correct answer. You that just
2: sounded.
1: I'll, I'll, to I'll give it both. Yeah, correct.
0: that's Fiona Apple's Grammy Award-winning album, the Where... red one with the words all over it. Where
1: she just took an entire verse from a song and used that. I guess correct. Okay, yes, Fiona that Apple, who was,
0: be. I... I believe, also 16 when that album came out. Oh,
1: wow. was, was that the one actually? that uh, had her like big hit? Yes. I can't remember which.
0: That's the that's the Grammy Award-winning one, the one with right. the hit. right, yeah. right. what, what was Apple.
1: that song? I don't know uh, that album ju- I'm
0: just very aware that this has a very long album title. That was <laughs> where I went with that one. That
1: was a like piece of music trivia yeah. I did not know.
0: Uh okay, here's the next one. Most of the remixes we've made for other people over the years, except for the one for uh in stars and Nubatan, because we've lost it and a few we didn't think sounded good enough or just didn't fit in lengthwise, but including some that are hard to find because either people forgot about them or simply because they haven't been released yet. A few we really love, one we think is just okay. Some we did for free, some we did for money, some for ourselves without permission, and some for friends as swaps, but never on time and always at our studio in blank.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Carmela, I really (laughs) love this title. That's great. Um, Some we did in our studio. What was the
2: last part? Some we did in our studio for what? Is that what you said? Some we did
0: in our studio in blank.
2: Blank. And if you get this, in, line, yeah. Uh, in Hold New there. York. I have no idea. I'm going to say New York. It's probably too. Okay,
1: it it sounds like uh, an electronic music group of some sort. <laughs> uh idea. And I'm going to go.
0: go I'm going to give you a half a point because it's Ghent. Ah. Very close. The band is Solowax, Wax. Soul Wax.
2: Oh. oh, I've heard of that. A, that's a that's fantastic title.
0: I, I, yeah,
1: I love that. It's, it's like the same idea as like NoFX's 45 or 46 songs a, title, but yeah, way, way longer. longer way way longer.
0: Okay, here's the last one. And this is the Guinness Book World Record holded longest album title of all time.
1: Okay. And I get to guess first. Yes. So mm-hmm. buckle in. Here we go.
0: and it's important if you pay it there's no real trick to this like the last one if you pay attention to the words or if you know the album already (laughs) you could probably suss out what the what the last one is what the at the end is the boy bands have won and all the copyists and the tribute bands and the tv talent show producers have won if we allow our culture to be shaped by mimicry whether from lack of ideas or from exaggerated respect you should never try to freeze culture what you can do is recycle that culture Take your older brother's hand-me-down jacket and restyle it, refashion it to the point where it becomes your own. But don't just regurgitate creative history or hold art and music and literature as fixed, untouchable, and kept under glass. The people who try to guard any particular form of music are, like the copyists and manufactured bands, doing it the worst disservice because the only thing that you can do to music that will damage it is not change it, not make it your own, because then it dies, then it's over, then it's done, and the boy bands have blank. One. Carmella?
2: That was going to be my answer, was one.
0: But that is correct. The boy bands have one. This is an album by Chumbawamba.
1: (laughs) That not only doesn't surprise me (laughs) because it's Chumbawamba and they are who they are, but I was going to say that it sounds like, like... The talking part over a quiet part before a breakdown in like a refused song. (laughs) Yeah. Which
0: I feel like also tracks. (laughs) Right. Because Chumbawamba are (laughs) anarchists. Yes. Like big, big time, full blown. If anybody has, I could, I could do an episode of this podcast about Chumbawamba because their history is bananas. Yeah. Starting off as basically the backing band for Crass and then accidentally making a hit single that they got really angry about. Yeah. Uh and then And then
1: like donating all of the money they made from it to various awesome causes and such yeah. I believe. They're like
0: a legitimately cool band but they're also like firebrands and they piss everybody off and yeah, fascinating group that gets knocked down and gets up again.
2: Some <laughs> of the other some,
0: some of the other uh bonuses I had if we didn't if if I felt like this didn't go too long. Uh the Happy Mondays album, Squirrel and G-Man, 24 Hour Party People, Plastic Face Can't Smile. <laughs> Like coheed that. and Cambria's good apollo i'm burning star four volume one from fear through the eyes of madness mm-hmm. uh i think that, those are like the big ones oh there's this one called youth movie soundtrack soundtrack strategies hurrah another year surely this one will be better than the last the inexorable march of the progress will lead us all to happiness Ugh.
1: that's a mouthful
0: these are some long ass album titles and what i've learned is that uh, they make them inscrutable. They're not just long, they're inscrutable. The Soul Wax one was the only one that made some semblance of sense. <laughs> all the other ones made no sense at all.
1: That's like that King Lizard. King, King Gizzard, Gizzard and the Lizard, Lizard Wizard. The most recent one is uh, just a mishmash of words from a Mad Max
0: movie, I feel like. <laughs> Who won, Joey? Uh, With one I and a
1: half points. Point. <laughs> I think yeah. by a
2: half point. No, I, I, nice. we both
1: We both each got one, two points for getting the same correct answer, and then I edged edged you out by half a point. Yeah, because you were
2: were in the right country.
0: You're You're in the right country. (laughs) You're in the right country.
2: country.
0: All right, that does it for Checkered Pass for another day. Carmela, thanks for joining and putting up with that last bit of nonsense. Thank
2: you so much for having me. (laughs) What have you got to plug? It's
0: your time to plug.
2: Hey, well, so we have... For those listening who are in the New England area, we have our, our record release finally here uh, coming into Hamden, Connecticut, where it's like in our New Haven County, as well as New York City, both coming up October, November. Um, listen to the new album. Just listen to it. My my kids, it's hysterical. Like we have an uh, almost 12-year-old and a 7-year-old, and they like already know the, the words to Everest, which is just great. They just want to play it all the time. So I just, I hope you'll, you'll take a listen and listen straight through. Don't let it like shuffle on you. Just like if you, if you're just listening through streaming service, you know, listen straight through. Um, But yeah, like come out and see us. Say hi. If you, you know, heard the show, like, Hey, I heard you on check Your pass. Like, awesome. It's great. Say hi. We're, we're friendly people.
0: Awesome. Well, again, it has a checkered past seal of approval. Joey and I both loved it to death. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. So we also recommend everybody go out, check out the record. Uh, it's a fun blast.
1: Yeah. And listen through the whole thing. Yeah. Agreed. It's yeah. uh, like a beginning to end
0: type of thing. It's for sure. not
2: 80 minutes. I promise. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not the length not, of the movie album. So
0: <laughs> it, it, That's what gets it an extra check mark. <laughs>
1: It has it has dual horn and flute part and it also has scratching. So yes. Oh yes. It has everything. You, need.
2: you know, you got Gruber yep. on a on a track for us. It came out so awesome. We had a lot of fun great. making it. it. Fun. We're very proud of it. So thank you for having me on today. It's great.
0: And thanks to the listeners for uh listening to Checkered Past. Hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Checkered Past Pod or send us an email at checkeredpasspod at gmail.com. To support the pod and get bonus content, including a full-length and unedited video of this episode, sign up for the Checkerhead Patreon at patreon.com slash past. We also have merch available at checkeredpast.ca. Checkered Past is edited by Ariane and engineered by a Joey. That's me. And until next time, I'm Rob. And I'm Joey. In the immortal words of skavubi and the Epitones, Aquaman summons a giant sea turtle.